We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about the Knicks? Winners of eight straight, and they beat the Warriors on their home floor for the first time since February of 2013. Ten seasons between wins against the Warriors at MSG. Tom Thibodeau has got the Knicks riding the longest winning streak in the NBA. Eight straight, they go to 18 and 13, and now eight and seven on their home floor. Oh boy. (laughs) This is getting, this is getting a little silly now. Uh, how you doing, everybody? Welcome to another post game live stream after another Knicks win. Um, I don't know what, 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 what happened to this team? What happened to this team that we were ready to fire everybody and, and trade everybody? And, um, let me just say the final score because I, it, it looks fake. It's not fake because I just watched the game, but it looks fake. 132 to 94. 132 to 94. I I, I know Steph is out. I, I, I get it. But like, listen, you've been watching this team for a long enough time. Um, You know, there's there's no there's no gimmies, right? Nothing. Nothing ever feels like a gimme. Nothing ever feels like, OK, it's safe. We're good. Everything's cool. We're, we're just like. Like, when's the last time we've been able to just sit back and be like, okay, it's all good. We're just a good team. That's what we are. We're a good team, right? Like, that was the weird thing about two years ago. It never felt like we could just sit back. It was always, no, we're the scrappy underdog, right? We're the scrappy underdog. We're going to keep clawing, clawing, clawing. And like, this feels different. This this team's good. I can I say that out loud? Am I allowed to? Watch now they're gonna lose by you know thirty eight points to the Raptors tomorrow night. No, this team's good. This team is just a good basketball team. They know exactly who they are. They know exactly what they want to do on both ends of the court. There is zero zero confusion about their game plan. Um, they have one utterly brilliant offensive basketball player in Jalen Brunson. And you, 
anybody could push back against that as much as they want. Like that dude, what he does night in and night out. Um, you know, he was their lead. Actually, he wasn't their leading scorer tonight. We're going to talk about their leading scorer tonight because that was the lead story of this game. Uh, he was their second leading scorer tonight. But just, you know, two, three, four, five, six moves every game that just make you shake your head. You're like, how does he do that? I don't know. Um, they have that guy. They have a guy in Julius Randle who has been absolutely unlocked um, and is doing everything that really we've wanted him to do since he got here. Um, the We Here season was amazing because he reinvented his game and it he did something that worked for him that year. But like, even as he was doing it, there was a question as to like, is this sustainable? Can he keep this up? And then it turned out he couldn't. And now the guy we're seeing how he's playing right now, this is absolutely sustainable. Um, and he's not even shooting it that well. He was one of six from deep tonight. Um, and then they got RJ Barrett, who is working his way. I don't know. Is it that he's no longer guarding the best player on the opposing team? I don't know. Is it that it just took him a little while to figure out how to be a true third option, which is what he is on this team in no uncertain terms and credit to them for trying to ease that transition for him, you know, as well as they can by letting him run second units. And there's been some bumps in the road there, but like, I think it's valuable in the long term. He's finding his way. Um, and then everybody else just kind of slots in and does their thing and they know what they need to do. Um, are they a great team? No, they're not a great team, but man, there's not a lot of great teams out there right now. And to be just a solid, good team night after night and have that foundation defensively. And like first half tonight, you know, I was worried. Uh, even at, up 13 at halftime, I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this game because they were making a lot of threes. They were shooting, I think, 45 or 46% from deep in the first half. And I was like, well, once that, you know, that drops off because I didn't love what I was seeing from them defensively. Um, shout out to Danny Gardner on the on the KFS uh, newsletter subscriber halftime Zoom pointed out that, like, I don't think they're playing it or they're used to playing at this fast pace anymore because over the winning streak and even longer going back to when they started uh, this starting lineup over those 13 games. They've been, uh, over those 13 games, 19th in pace after they spent the beginning of the season top 10 in pace or like right around 10, 11. And they've just been slowing it down, slowing it down. Goes goes well with how they're playing defense. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense for them. And the Warriors were speeding them up. And it was causing, you know, a little bit of diciness, a little bit of, of, of the lack of crispness. That we've seen some from them defensively. I thought they it took Mitchell Robinson out of the game defensively a little bit in the first half. And then what did they do in the second half? They just came out and they were like, all right, we're the better team. We're going to act like it now. And they absolutely put the clamps on. They outscored the Warriors 31 to 25 in the third quarter. And then obviously um, the beginning of the fourth quarter, it was just no contest. And that is because when they put this bench unit in there and we're going to get to the lead story of this game. I've been talking for seven minutes and I haven't even gotten to the lead story. It could get a little dicey offensively, but defensively when you got Deuce McBride and you got those two monsters where 
even if you miss a shot, odds are, uh, shout out to Fred Katz's article today. Um, nine minutes, nine minutes. Uh, anyway, uh, when you when you got those two monsters in there to clean up the offensive glass, it put so much pressure on the opposing team. So you got Sims, you got Hardenstein, um, you got Deuce, um, you got RJ in with those guys, and then you got Emmanuel quickly. And my lead story tonight, other than the fact that, hey, the Knicks are good, and I think we could finally put all of, you know, like even even like through last night or the last game against the Pacers, there was like a part of me that was like, all right, you know, is this a little fool's gold? I think we could get over that now. I mean, eight in a row is eight in a row. You can't can't fake eight in a row. Can't can't fake seven in a row. You can't fake six in a row. But like something about this game, and it wasn't just the hot shooting. You know, and, and look, they they shot well. They shot forty two percent from deep. They were seventeen to forty from downtown. They shot fifty two percent overall. But like forty two percent from downtown, that's not it's not insane. Um. No, the only individual player that had a crazy, crazy night from downtown, and I'm saving the best for last. Finally, I'm going to get to him, is Emmanuel Quickly. And there was a leading scorer tonight with 22 points on 10 shots. He was five of five from three uh, and then missed his last three, and that was it. My, my biggest quibble with this team over the last, really over the winning streak, has been that Quickly, it's been over the last six games, I think, has been shooting. I looked it up during the game. He, before coming in tonight, over the last six games, he had been shooting under 30% from the field and about 25% from three. And those backup units have been really, really struggling to score because when he's not hitting shots, when he's not firing away confidently, when he's not the Emmanuel quickly that we've come to be used to over the last two years, when he's not the guy that, you know, I've written multiple articles about over the last, you know, month or whatever, like, do not trade this guy. When he's not that guy, you know, it's tough for them because RJ is not yet at the place where he could just, it's like, okay, guys, get on my back. I got it. I got this. Even though RJ had a very good game tonight. Um, I want to be very clear about that because I've been, I've, I've, I've kind of gotten, gotten a little wishy-washy on RJ in, in terms of my praise of him. I know he only had 18 points on 19 shots. I was very impressed with how he came back after the first half. I thought his buckets in the third quarter were huge. Okay. Enough about RJ. Very good game. Um, quickly. They need him. They need him because, again, Brunson can't play 48 minutes. And Brunson could play a lot. Played 30 minutes tonight. Most nights he could play 32, 33, 34, whatever. He needs to sit. And for those minutes that Brunson sits, they just have to be able to hold their own because when they play those, whether it's five or six or seven, you know, however many they are, great teams in the league. And I can't believe that's what we're talking about right now. It's like, what are they going to do against the great teams in the league? That's how good they've been playing. They deserve to have those conversations had about them, about how they're going to look against those teams. Um, they need they need those minutes to be okay. And so Quickly's night tonight, I thought was absolutely outstanding. Um, the whole team. I mean, you, if you're a fan and you're watching right now and you're complaining about anything, I, I, I don't know what to say to you. Um the Warriors came in, I thought I thought they played they were playing loosey goosey. Thought they I really did think that this was gonna be a game that if the Knicks were not on their on their toes, I thought the Warriors could steal this game. I was worried about this game. Well, shows what the hell I know. Um I think that's really it. I mean 
Good job by the Knicks on the offensive glass. They have 14 offensive rebounds. Again, like I guess I'll end with this, and then we'll get to the Super Chats. And it kind of dovetails with what I was saying to start the, the post game. There is a reliability with this team with a lot of things right now. Number one, they are dominant on the offensive glass. And it's not just Mitch. And it's not just the two big lineup. Like they they get after the offensive glass. And if they're not the best offensive rebounding team in the league, they're right there. You know, so that's number one. Number two, after what was the strangest stat of the early going, and I don't know if it was because of the lineup. I don't know if it's because they were getting used to playing with each other. I don't know if I don't know what it was. They weren't getting to the line early on. Tonight, 32 free throws attempted, 25 of 32. They're getting to the line. And that is the power basketball that if you listen to today's Zach uh, Low Post podcast, Zach Low with Ian Bagley, Zach talking about what's working for the Knicks right now, they just overpower you. They get to the line. They force their way to the line um, between Brunson and Randall and RJ and quickly got into the action a little bit tonight, get into the line. Um, all of these guys. They just they get there um, because they again they put that pressure on you. So that's that's another thing. We talked about the defense, how they know what they're going to do, and now with the personnel that they have and they're switching everything. Like yeah, you're going to see the occasional breakdown. We saw the confusion between RJ and Randall in the I think it was the I actually forget if it was the end of the first half or the beginning of the third quarter where Clay got sprung for an open look because I think Draymond screened RJ and Randall like didn't realize. So like. You're going to get those moments and like, yeah, if you're an opposing team, you're going to try to put those two guys into an action whenever you can. Um, But like for the most part, defensively, in terms of how they guard and them being where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, the whole thing. There's that reliability. So you have all of these different boxes that you can check when you watch the Knicks every night. And of course... At the top of that list, and I'll, I'll end with this, and then we're going to get to the Super Chats. Two things. One has been there all year. The other, not so much, and I think it has to do with the personnel. One is effort. They're just trying. <laughs> They're just trying every night. Like You're not seeing guys go out there and lollygag. Like, well, you know, maybe in the first half, a little bit on defense, they were getting caught up in the track meet. For the most part, we don't have to worry about that anymore. They're putting out full effort. And that's a testament to Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, Manuel Quickly. Give the give the coach some credit. Give the front office some credit if they put the pressure on the coach to switch up the rotation. All those people deserve credit. But the guy who I think the, deserves the most credit, and this is the last box and the most important box that you could check every night you watch this team, is Jalen Brunson. And the effort that he plays with and to come out and just not miss a And it's crazy to say this out loud. He did not miss a game after an injury that when it happened, it looked like he's going to be out several weeks. I know it's four games later. I'm still going to talk about it because if that does not define what this team is and define his leadership and define why he needs to be an NBA all-star, because he's the starting point guard of a team that is 18 and 13 and 
last season, I mean, my God, what were the, the, the year they were coming off of? And for him to come in here with largely the same cast of characters and do what he's doing? If that guy's not an all-star, then I don't know what an all-star looks like. Um, not saying that they can't get another all-star. Maybe they can. But we'll talk about that, uh, I'm sure, in the weeks to come. This is fun. Enjoy it, guys. Seriously, if you can't enjoy this, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, all right. We start, as we always do, with a reminder from our good friends at WinBet. Download the WinBet app or visit www.winbet.com to start winning. Broken record alert. Been saying it at the start of every one of these post games. Bet the Knicks, the money line. Bet the spread. This is now how many games in a row where they've covered and won on the money line. Just keep investing. Keep going. Pay for your kids' college. Just keep having the Knicks until they tell you otherwise. Until they show you otherwise. Um, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet hundred dollars, win hundred dollars. Download bet win. Awesome. Uh, my esteemed producer Andrew Claudio tells me that we have over fourteen hundred people watching. Shout out to all of you Knicks fans all over the world. Uh, you deserve this because we've been through some shit. Might as well read the rewards. Okay, we start off our super chats with. Kenneth Escalona, thank you for the very generous contribution. I woke up in the next lead at the half. Really great game. Love Hardenstein and how he works with the young guns. These are little secrets at practice. Hats to Tom Thibodeau. Please give him the pieces he will deliver. Listen, I think that's always been the case with tips. You know, um, I'm writing something about Derek Rose next week for the Knicks Film School newsletter um, about how despite his very you know interesting career, I think he's a Hall of Famer. You gave that dude in his Hall of Fame prime to Tom Thibodeau, and he had a winning percentage over those first two years in Chicago that was better than any first-time coach, I think, in the history of the league, or right up there. Um, you gave him the pieces for one year in Minnesota. You know, most of that year, he was a three-seat until Jimmy Butler went down at the end of that year. You give him the roster with a guy like Jalen Brunson and a Julius Randle playing like this, and... Took him a little while to figure out this year, perhaps. I think it's. I think he's got the gist. And uh, as far as Hardenstein goes, great, great to see him. I know it was garbage time. It was great to see him get in his wheelhouse and get his bag there at the end of this game and make some passes that he's known for. It it actually made me a little sad because like. You know, the first 30 games of this year, we're watching a guy who like, you know, has has now had a, like has got a reputation of like, oh, Hardenstein's not that good. Hardenstein's really good. They just they don't I don't want to say they don't use him properly, but they don't let him show what he could do. And it was cool that we got to see some of the stuff that he could do at the end of that game. Who knows? Maybe it'll lead to something else. I would love that. That would be a really cool, really cool extra thing for this team that's already playing really well. So. Matt Smith, what's going on, Matt? Thank you for the contribution. Everybody talking about how Stefan Wiggins didn't play. I forgot about Wiggins. Good call there. But nobody's talking about how Derrick Rose, Hall of Famer, or Evan Fournier, franchise record for threes, also didn't play. <laughs> Disgusting bias. I mean, look, when you beat a team by 32, um, and look, and here's the other thing. The Warriors just went into, uh, or maybe it was, yeah, I think they went into Toronto. That game was at Toronto. You know, Poole put 41 on them, and they won that game. And the prior night, 
they were basically tied with the Sixers for two and a half quarters. And then even that game, though, it was a game in the fourth quarter and Philly ended up kind of taking care of business at the end. But like, there's still talent on this team. Like, Poole's a really good scorer. Still got Clay Thompson. Still got Draymond Green. I know that DiVincenzo was also out tonight. They forced uh, Moody into the starting lineup. Um, Look, you play who's on your schedule. And the Knicks are playing who's on their schedule. And there's a lot of other teams in the league this year that are playing teams on their schedule that are missing guys and that aren't very good and that are losing games. Like the Orlando Magic just won six games in a row. Twice over the Boston Celtics. In Boston. You know? I'm not taking any of this for granted. Not one minute of it. Uh, Andrew. Better than we hear, IQ's big X factor. Hashtag we back. We really got to get it. We got to get a hey, Andrew. We got to get a we back T-shirt out. I think it's a, it's time. Um, is this better than we hear? It's a better team. I know they finished fourth. I know. It, it, you know we got the nine game winning streak. I, I know all of that. This is a better team. It's better. I mean. It, 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 it doesn't really just come down to Jalen Brunson over Alfred Payton. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but Derrick Rose is on that team and Derrick Rose that season was, well, he was with the Knicks at least. He was easily a top 15 point guard in the league and he was playing 26 minutes a game. I don't think it's just that. I just think they this team is just better. They could do more stuff. They're, they, they have, there's more reliability on the offensive end. RJ's doing a lot more on offense than he was. I know he's not as efficient, but I think the role that he's playing now that he's settled in after the first, um, you know, 17 games of the season where he was just abysmal. Now it's 14 games because, you know, another decent night tonight. This is good RJ. This is this is the RJ this team needs. It's a better team. It's a better team. 100 percent. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. Quick break to tell you all about WinBet, the official sports book of Knicks Film School. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards. Get in on all of your teams, players, and sports from the NBA, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, MMA, Golf, the W, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download the WinBet app now or go to winbet.com to start winning. That's bet $100, win $100 at www.wynnbet.com. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. Jake Asher, Hardstein for MVP. <laughs> uh, did Reggie Miller actually say that? I may have missed that. If he said it, you know, I'm not going to say good job, Reggie Miller. Because Reggie Miller could fuck off always. We were talking about it on the playback. My least favorite athlete ever. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, trying my best. What's the chance we trade one of Cam, Reddish, or Rose? Um, You mean... Cam, I was about to say, Cam, Cam Reddish or Rose? Cam Fournier or Rose? Um, good. I think it's above a 50% chance that they trade one of them before the deadline. I think there was, before this winning streak started, probably more pressure to, well, I mean, Ian has reported this of late, Ian Begley, um, to parlay something on this team. Um, to you know, to to improve the play. Now it's like these guys are here, like they're collecting dust. But you know, I don't think there's an urgency. But if you're asking me, are they going to trade one of them? Like, yeah, I think it's better than fifty percent chance they trade one of them for sure. Um, Ian Livernoche, I hope I got that right. Macri drink, okay. You don't have to tell me twice. Shout out again to um. Uh, the folks at OneBev, again, sent me this beautiful bottle of Rusty Cigar, premium red blend that I am enjoying uh, on, on on the house. Compliments of them. Uh, it's quite good. Quite good with a 38-point win. Do the Knicks miss... Do you think the Knicks missed the league-wide notice about tanking for Victor, or is this a Christmas miracle? For one, they're too good to tank. Um, number two... I'm just reading Julius Randle after the game was asked about uh, Thibodeau sitting down at the end. So that was crazy. Three years with Tibbs. I've never seen that. Yeah, it's good times. Be curious to see how they come out against Toronto tomorrow, though. After a win like this. Be curious to see how they come out against tomorrow. It's again, all like they're good. We know they're good. And to the point of this tweet, they're they're too good to tank. And um, they're just. I think it just took them a little while to, f- to figure out the formula. 
you know, but they're a good team. Doesn't mean that they won't lose another game. They're going to lose games and they're probably going to lose some bad games at some point because every NBA team loses bad games, games they shouldn't lose. Um, whether it's because they run into a hot shooting team or they just have an off night or whatever. I mean, it happens, but they're good. Aunt C, can it be argued that Julius Randle is a better fit than Obi for this team or can they coexist? Also, is Sims in the lineup more helpful, impactful than Obi? We're getting the these Obi questions are going to keep getting for, with every additional win. And this guy's not in the lineup because he's not healthy right now. Obi Toppin. These questions are going to keep coming. Are they fair? Probably not. Is it reasonable to ask them? Uh, you know, it's not unreasonable. Um, can can you? Can they coexist? I think for right now, especially given how like they're rebounding and defending, I would be surprised if when Obi came back, we would see we saw any more of Julius and Obi together or a lot of it. Um it it doesn't mean Obi shouldn't play. The issue is that if Obi plays, that means that one of Hardenstein or Sims is probably not going to play. Um, right now, is Sims in the lineup more helpful and impactful than Obi Toppin? I, I, I think the answer is yes. And I say that with trepidation because for a while, Obi was, was, was their best three-point shooter this year. And they needed that. And it was big. At the same time, when he was doing that, even as he was nailing him from three, we're all sitting here being like, yeah, but that's not really how you should use Obi Toppin. Like what we're seeing right now with the double big lineup, it may be unconventional in the NBA today, but like this isn't a parlor trick. This is real. Like it's just two big dudes. (laughs) They crash the glass and it works. That's why it works on offense. You get a ton of offensive rebounds and like Hardenstein is skilled enough and could do enough stuff on offense that it makes it it makes it tenable on that end. And on the defensive end, Hardenstein, I mean, that dude moves like a wing out there. I've, I've been, we've been saying it every game. You know, that's not an aberration. So, like, what we're seeing, I think it's sustainable. Are there teams that would be able to maybe play this double big lineup off the floor? Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, the OB thing is it's an elephant in the room that's getting bigger, I think, with every game. I, I don't have a great answer right now. I'll be honest. I don't have a great answer. But... We'll see. Stevens Guillaume, we can all agree I'm not in any mood to watch Knicks games on TNT. The broadcast is just gross to listen to. I didn't care for it. I mean, I, I never care for Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller to me, and this has nothing to do with he's the fact that he's Reggie Miller. I just, there's a lot of extra, you know, just like focus on the basketball. Um, give me some real analysis. And he does that occasionally. Occasionally. Not enough for my liking. Not when you have real pros out there who are good at it. Robert Cross, is it fair and reasonable to say that the Knicks are emerging as a dark horse for the Eastern Conference Finals? My goodness. If so, would you rather? Um, if so, who would you rather beat there, Boston or Milwaukee? Um, okay, I think he's asked. Well, let me take this one step at a time. I, I'm still not there, Robert. Again, the Knicks are a good team. To be a conference finalist, 
you kind of have to be a great team. There are exceptions. The Hawks a couple of years ago. Um, the Blazers made a conference finals. I did not think that Blazers team was a great team. Um, the Raptors, uh, the DeRozan Lowry Raptors made at least one conference finals, maybe two. I forget at the moment. I'm, I apologize. They were not a great team. Like you can make the conference finals without being a great team if you, like the Knicks are, know who you are, know what you do. You maybe catch the right matchup. I, I really don't want to get ahead of myself yet with that. Like this is a good team. Let's enjoy them being a good team. And we'll worry about the rest later. And then when you get into a playoff series, if you're asking me who would I fear more, the Celtics or the, the Bucks? Christ. There's no, there's no right answer there. Um, I know the Celtics are struggling right now, but uh, I'd probably fear the Bucks more. I think because I think the Bucs are gonna win the championship this year. So uh thanks, Robert. Johnny Hirsch, what's going on, Johnny? Great to hear from you. Now that I now that I know who you are. Uh, I'm giddy, giddy up. It feels so good to see them playing this well. Let's talk Mitch. What's made it all come together this year? He's smarter on both ends of the court. He's at another level. Um, he's in his fifth year. Could that be it? Like, I think his first couple of years in the league, you know, he, he came into such a, could we call it a volatile situation? You know, um, where it was a 17-win team. It still had Inez Cantor on it, right? And like he was like this weird parlor trick and like how good was the developmental staff on that team with what they did with him? Like, did they ever really have a plan for him early in the early going? It was just kind of like, hey, look at this cool thing that we found. Um, and it was clearly talented. Like, I, I think when you combine the fact that the organization was kind of in a unique place when they drafted him, and then the fact that he's kind of a, uh, shall we say, quirky dude. Um, I think when you put those two things together, maybe that's why it took a little while for him to find some consistency. Without question, he's playing the most consistent basketball of his career. And also one other thing, and and shame on me because I questioned, and I've said this before, I questioned what would a payday, like, you know, different guys respond to paydays in different ways. And I didn't know how this player would respond to a big payday. Well, I think he's responded pretty well. So maybe that actually helps. That security. Who knows? Thanks, Johnny. Appreciate it. Danny Gardner. What's going on, Danny? Um, also super annoying. Have the Knicks come in winning seven straight, kick the crap out of Golden State, and have the whole broadcast be about Golden State Warriors. Yep. Yeah, the, the part in the first half where they were just... I don't know. How, it, it felt like it lasted 15 minutes where they were talking to Steph Curry and Andre Godala on the sideline. Like, we get it. The Warriors are a real contender because they have Steph and all of these guys and like the Knicks are not because they don't have that guy. Like, I get it, but the Knicks are... I think the Knicks are the best story in the NBA right now. Like, and you, you're a national broadcast. You had a chance to make tonight about the best story in the NBA, and you didn't. It's kind of shitty, but whatever. I don't really care. Team's good. That's what I care about. Thanks, Danny. Um, Mifflins, what's going on, Mifflins? 
this has to be said. The announcing was horrendous this game. I'm loving crapping on the announcing. You would have thought Wiseman was the next Tim Duncan. Breen, never leave us again. Shout out to Benji. I always shout out Benji Ritholtz um, multiple times on these post games. He was calling it out during the game. Wiseman's just not very good. And that draft pick is going to... Like, here, there's a story for you. Like, oh, wait a minute. This franchise had a chance to draft LaMelo Ball? That's interesting. And they drafted this guy who can't get minutes for a, in a healthy rotation? Like, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Why don't you talk about, like, oh, wow. You know what would help them sustain a Steph Curry injury? LaMelo Ball. Was that mentioned on the broadcast? If it was, I missed it. Bad job. It's a bad job all around. Anton Cates. What's going on, Anton? Hey, Macri. Hard to fake eight. No, nope. Can't do it. Having a hard time not just wholly enjoying this team. I mean, look, let's just call it out. They are tied right now with Philly for fifth in the East. They're four and a half games back of the first place Bucks. They're a game behind Brooklyn for what would be home court advantage in the East. I can't believe I'm saying that. But yes, they're a game back. Um, they're two games up on the Hawks, who had a um, nice, improbable win that they did not deserve against the Magic last night because they got bailed out by a bullshit foul call on um, on uh, Paolo Bancaro late there. Um, but they're two games up on the Hawks, uh, two and a half up on the Heat, um, who I don't know if it's reflected in the standings that I'm looking at that the Heat won tonight. Um, and then they're three up on the Pacers. And then they're a bunch up on the Raptors, who they play tomorrow. So like, yeah, they're a good team. Um, I still think we should not write their playoff spot in pen. I still think it's going to be hard to fend off the Heat, especially. I think the Heat are coming. I know they they lost tonight, but the Heat are coming. Um, so like, keep your eye on the prize, but they're good. Enjoy it. What's not to enjoy? Like, what? Why wouldn't you enjoy this? I guess because you still want people fired. I don't know. That, that's not fun. Robert Cross with another one. This is for the legend of GMAC. Legend of GMAC is having some internet issues, so you're, you're going to have to get me on this. KFS Nation, thanks you for the trade talk moratorium. Funny watching the guys on playback trying to be good. Yeah, so shout out again all of our all the Knicks Film School patrons who were joining us on our live watchback or live watchback, live playback watch party tonight. We had over 40 people watching at one point. Um, but yes, Robert politely requested, politely requested that we do not talk trades. Um, and we tried our best to avoid it. Um, I know we didn't do as well as you would have liked us to do, but we tried. And hey, like you shouldn't talk trades about this team right now. They're good. Safe trade talk for, for a team that's losing. Let's focus on the game. Kevin Danishevsky, so funny. Quentin Grimes went four of eight from three, had 19, shut Clay down, and didn't even have his best game. He's amazing. I hope he rests his ankle. Have his jersey in the mail. It's a good jersey to buy because he's not going anywhere. Um, let's talk about Quentin Grimes for a sec. It's funny. I completely agree with you. I didn't think he had his best game. I thought he had a couple of moments on defense that were like uncharacteristic of him. Um, and just watching, it just felt like he was a little off. And yet, four of eight from deep, 19 points on nine total shots. 19 points on nine, sh nine shots. Think about that. He's. I wrote today, again, shameless plug for the Knicks Film School newsletter. Go, go subscribe on Substack. I wrote a whole Grimes newsletter today. 
And my my point about Grimes, not that he's like some sort of superstar in the making. Who knows? Maybe he is a star in the making. We just don't see it because there's a lot of other high usage guys on this team. But if Mitchell Robinson is the foundation of this defense, and I do think Mitchell Robinson is the foundation of this defense, they need him. It's very clear that they need him. Um, Maybe more than anyone except Jalen Brunson. I think Quentin Grimes is the glue that holds everything together. Um, because the ability to stick him on the opposing team's best wing and just not worry about it, you know, that's such a luxury to have that a lot of teams don't have. I mean, shit, the Knicks didn't have it last year. They had it two years ago in Reggie Bullock, and it worked wonders. And that's the thing that they've gotten back now. They've gotten back that ability to put one dude on the opposing team's best wing and say, look, you're going to do what you're going to do but we're not going to worry about it. Um, and we're just going to worry about other things. We're going to worry about the rest of our defense. And that's such a luxury to have. And when that player can then knock down threes and f- and more than knock down threes, and we and we, we make this point sometimes and we, it, it should be made more, the lack of hesitation to fire away. Teams, opposing teams, need to know that if they give that there is at least one player on the court in the starting lineup that if they give a sliver of daylight to, and sometimes it doesn't even need a sliver, that if they give a sliver of daylight to, that dude is firing away. Maybe he makes, maybe he misses, but guess what? Track record recently is he's working his way back from injury, making a lot of them, and these are not easy shots because he doesn't have a lot of room to operate. That strikes so much fear into the heart of an opposing defense. And it is so important on this team more than arguably any other team in the league because everybody else on this team, they don't want to do that. They'll do it if they have to. You know, RJ kind of does it. He'll, he'll fire if, he, if, he, if he's open. But they, they, these guys all want to work in the paint. So you need that release valve. And that's what he is on that end of the court. And he could also put the ball on the floor and attack a closeout, attack hard closeout. And defensively, you know, you know, we just talked about it. He's so valuable. He's so important for them. And I'm I'm, I'm happy he's on the team. Um, good stuff, Kev. Guy Huber then. If I can pay for Super Chats to complain about Tibbs, I can pay for Super Chats to give him his due props. That's big of you. That's big of you. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I'm not asking anybody to fill out any apology forms for this coach. This coach... You know, I'm not saying he was dealt a fair hand. I don't think he was dealt a good hand last year. But, you know, he was handed the shovel and he he started digging last year and um, was not his best season. And I, I think I, I remain confident that if you gave him truth serum, he would tell you that last year was not his best season. If he gets enough separation to really look at it in retrospect someday, you know, I think he'd tell you that there were mistakes that he made. And then at the beginning of this season, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough because when you have guys that make a certain amount of money in the NBA, it's, it's kind of tough to be like, all right, I'm done with this player. And yet you look back and you consider the fact that, okay, Mitchell Robinson was hurt. Okay. Quentin Grimes was hurt. 
Okay, they're getting used to a new point guard. Okay, R.J. Barrett is going from being a 30-usage guy back to a number three. Okay, um, the, the, guy, the guy who was an afterthought is now my starting wing, and he's playing 30-some-odd minutes a night, and then he gets hurt. Um, and like amidst all that, didn't take him that long to bench Fournier. Um, when Grimes, I mean, there was the weirdness with Grimes, like Grimes was healthy and he wasn't playing for those like two, three, four games. They were in a weird spot, but that kind of didn't last that long. The thing that took him a while was ultimately really mothballing Kemba or Kemba Freudian slip, um, Derek and putting in deuce. That was the thing that took a while. If you really want to boil it down, that was the thing that took him a while. And then he also obviously benched Cam and went with the nine-man rotation, which I think at the time, a lot of people thought was radical. And it worked. Um, and like, if that's the thing that you're going to blame him for the most this year, and I don't know if that's the thing that some people blame him for the most, but you, you could argue it should be the thing. Like, to bench Derrick Rose, if you're Tom Thibodeau, I mean, let's have some if we're allowed to have some like sympathy as a human being, <laughs> think about what, think about how hard that must have been for him, you know, after everything those two players have been through. Um, but it was the right move, you know, it was the right move and he did it. And I think, yeah, he does, he deserves some flowers for sure. So thanks, Gahuber. Hush zoo. Well, my high pedigree basketball analysis tells me that this team is pretty good. What do you think, Macri? I think they're good. <laughs> Quentin Grimes is a gem, and I will say this over and over. Yeah, he's he's what every team needs. Hush uh, with one more. Kaminga and Wiseman getting drafted by the Warriors was the worst thing that could have happened. They should both be on bad teams putting up 20 shots. So I'm much higher on Kaminga. Oh, uh, one more from Hush. Also, the TNT broadcast might be the most vile thing. <laughs> it's not good. It's not what you want. Um, I still like Kaminga. I think Kaminga's good. I think Kaminga had some nice moments tonight. Um, I don't think the Warriors are going to be selling low on Kaminga anytime soon. I don't think they're going to be selling period on Kaminga anytime soon. Um, but I like him. I, I think he's going to be good. I agree with you that he's it's a disservice that he's been on this team and can't do more. But like they're trying to, you know, light years ahead, right? Light years ahead. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too. It's it's hard to do that. The Wiseman thing. I mean. I brought it up on the playback. I mean, that that's we're 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 not in Darko Darko level yet. You know, Darko drafted over over Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch. Uh, but we're I mean nothing far off. Really not. 